Welcome to the first episode of the Slaying It Side Hustle to CEO podcast. And today we're going to talk about how to start side hustle, some tips and tricks for you when you're, if you're just starting out or you're just exploring and what I wish someone told me when I was starting out. So let's get into it. So we all go through this stage and that stage is called the exploration stage. And this is the stage where you explore all your interests, all your passion, figure out, you know, if this is something that you like doing and if this is something you enjoy and this is something you are good at. And all of these things takes a bit of time for you to figure out. You won't get your answers straight, straight away. So there is that part where you're exploring more of what you enjoy and also like trying out different interests to see if it aligns with who you are and if it's something that you are talented in. And then there is another part of this exploration stage is where, you know, you test out your interest and you put it online and you see if this is what the market wants. Like, obviously, you're not just going to create content and not sell something. You're going to create something out of it that will be valuable to the market. And this is also the phase where you see and test the market lightly and see if this is something the market wants. So it's also very important to bridge the gap in the market. So for example, when I started as a photographer in the industry, I didn't just start out as like a general photographer. I browsed through carousel posts. There is this carousel page um, platform in Singapore where Singaporeans usually post about you know, renting houses or their freelancing business um, offers and all of that jazz. And it's usually some a platform where people just buy and sell things. And I checked out the platform and a lot of photographers also uses that platform to sell their services. And most of them were male photographers and they were an expert in capturing wedding events and mostly event photographers. And among them, there might be like two, three female photographers and they too are wedding photographers. And I knew that I didn't want it to like capture wedding events. I wanted to work with brands and being like at that point when I was exploring the influencer journey, the influencer world, I wanted a social media photographer who knew the ins and outs of what a social media photography is. It's, it's, a, it's a bit different. It's a bit, it's for the gram. It's like aesthetically pleasing. You need to think about the location and it's a tad bit different to, you know, capturing just portrait photography, let's say. And then I did realize there wasn't much female in the industry and I was like, okay, let's just you know, jump into being a female photographer and see how that goes. And that played out really well. I started out, um, I, I remember I started out just $30 per hour. And it was, um, and within like that first month, I got about a good, I think, 10 to 20 inquiries. And it was really overwhelming. I was really surprised that the demand for a social media photographer was so high. And obviously, I wasn't just working with influencers. I mostly worked with women-owned businesses who had 
a small business of their own and they needed a photographer that they're comfortable with to help them capture their products or services um, and some like small events that they have. So that was the start of my exploration to the business world. Obviously, I did explore the influencer world as well because I needed, I wanted to work with brands like Style Theory and other local brands that didn't have much representation for modest fashion or um, they didn't really showcase on how a woman who prefers to explore modest fashion, how she can style that. And since I'm also someone who is, you know, very interested in fashion and beauty and all of that jazz, I was like, okay, let's create content on that and see how that grows. And even that grew into me working with various brands and collaborating and having, you know, sponsored collabs and stuff like that. And that was great too. And the point that I'm making here is that until you explore and give each opportunity give each interest and like till you give each niche and each interest of yours a fair chance to see where it will lead you to till then you will not know the end game the end result of your exploration phase for this certain niche that you're interested in and i think it's very important to stay the course and see what where it will lead you to like, mind you, for me, when I was, like, doing modest fashion and just every weekend dedicating my time to just take pictures and styling different kind of uh, outfits on myself, creating content, it wasn't easy. Like, I think I wanted to most of the time sleep in or just chill or... I mean, I do enjoy co creating content, but do I want to do it every weekend? No, not every weekend I wanted to wake up and create content. But because there was the passion element to it, and there was also that promise to myself that I'm going to stick through it for about one, two years and see where it goes. And every week I'm going to create content. Every day I'm going to post on Instagram. So there has to be a level of obsession, dedication, discipline, mix it with a lot of passion, purpose, your, the reason why you're even starting and doing this all in one pot for you to ensure that you can sustain yourself in the long run because you know that you're in here for the long run, for the long game. You're not here for the short game and just testing out and see if it works, if it works. If it doesn't work, it's fine. No, if it doesn't work, you'll jump into something else that you enjoy and try where that goes to. So the exploration stage is a stage where you can't really tell how long it will take. But if you put in the work, if you keep on leveling yourself and ensuring that, you know, you're taking that course, you're maybe working with a coach or you're just, um, you know, watching endless YouTube videos to figure out how you can do this and that. And if you promise yourself to level up on your skills, no doubt you will see some form of success or you might lead you to something else. So Take me, for example, when I started being a, a social media photographer and then when one of my clients wanted me to manage her Instagram account just because I managed my Instagram account pretty well at that time. I still do, but it was also because I wanted to attract brands to work with me and to showcase the quality content that I produce. And when someone needed that kind of service from me, 
I could have said no because I didn't know how to manage Instagram accounts for clients. I just knew how to do it for mine. But I said yes. I said yes without knowing all the answers. I said yes, knowing that I will figure it out on the way and I have the support system that I need at that point of time. And I, and I jumped into it. I dived in and became an Instagram manager for a few social media accounts for a few clients. And I learned as I, as I went through um, that whole process of, you know, becoming Instagram manager and Instagram marketing and all of that jazz. The next point that I want to talk about is being a multi-passionate person. I feel that being a multi-passionate person can be both, you know, a curse and a blessing. Um, a curse is because sometimes if your attention span isn't that great or you don't have patience to see how this one, like this one thing can grow into something beautiful or you are just restless and you just can't focus on one task or one niche, it can be a bit hard to see, um, you know, fruits growing from like all of the niches that you're working on. And I suggest that when you start on a niche and you're a multi-passionate person, what you can do is, let's say, you're starting on photography. This is what I did, right? I went all out in photography and I feel like when I saw some sort of stable clients coming through, then I built upon another niche, which was Instagram management. And then when that Instagram management was stable, I went through Instagram coaching. And you can clear it that way, but you have to like wait it out for each niche to stabilize and then pile upon another skill set that you want to explore. It should never like stretch yourself too thin because it might be overwhelming, you might burn out. But obviously everyone is different. I'm just sharing what worked for me and um I would advise you that if you're someone that struggles with being multi-passionate and your attention is in like 10 different things and you do not know where these 10 different things is going, I suggest on focusing in just one for a few months or even a year before um, adding on another passion of yours, another passion projects on top of it. And in that way, you will see all of your niches and passion projects go to some to see success in all of these passion projects of yours because that's all we want right that each passion project that we explore to see some sort of fruits coming from it so that's my advice for being a multi-passionate person so from one multi-passionate person to, an to another if you are one do enjoy the process but don't stretch yourself too thin so just give focus on one thing and give it your all and then pile up on your next passion project give it your all and then another one each of the passion projects that you pile upon give it your all so with every passion project that you're exploring on and you decide to stick true on that particular niche you'll come through this stage called the building stage and this is a stage where you're building or with some sort of strategies in place you have a simple business plan and it can be one of the challenging phase of building a side hustle because you found something you like and you enjoy and you also found something that the market wants and you're like hey, i think i can take this to somewhere so how do i start building this business of mine i found the easiest way to build and at the same time validate this 
passion projects or your side hustle is to take it online. And this world of social media is the first place you would think of to test out your idea and your interests and get a response from the market and the audience. So I would probably choose one platform to start with. And obviously I'm very biased towards Instagram. I love Instagram. So you can start with testing out your ideas, your passion, your journey on Instagram and see what kind of audience gets attracted to that kind of content. Obviously, you will have to also think about the ideal audience that you're trying to target and creating content that you enjoy and what they like to see as well. So obviously, you need to think about what kind of brand are you building? What is the name of your brand? What kind of values is your brand holding? What is the mission behind your brand? And make it simple. Just search it up on Google, how to make a simple business plan and write out a few things um, using a template online and have a simple business plan so that you at least have a direction and a vision for your brand and where you see it growing and where you see it headed to because we all need a plan so that we have a goal in place we have a few strategies that we know that we're going to implement it and we're also going to review this business plan on a quarterly basis and frequently so that we know that we are on the right direction this is where you also have to set some goals like simple goals let's say you want to try out this idea on instagram and you can plan what is your one year vision on instagram how often you want to post what kind of content do you see yourself posting and ultimately how much following do you want to gain at the end of it what kind of engagement are you planning to have at the end of a year mark so all of that gives you that direction of look through smart goals s-m-a-r-t on google and you will have more of a realistic goal setting practice in place for you to ensure that you are in track with all your goals this can be in your building stage or at the exploration stage but often in the building stage you will research your other competitors and see what they're doing what kind of content they are creating what is working out for them and also see what kind of content you can create that will help you to stand out from the rest so from there you can also start with a content strategy and a content strategy is basically on having a plan on how you want to grow your business on instagram let's say and it can be something as simple as most of us when we're starting out a side hustle online the first strategy is usually brand awareness. So you can think about what kind of content can I create often so that my, you know, I reach more audience and I have more brand awareness and content like, you know, behind the scenes and more related to who you are and why you started this business. This kind of content builds that awareness on what your whole business is about and why you're here, why you're creating this content and I think it's very important to not overthink content creation and the whole content strategies. And I want to speak about this a bit more in depth on the types of content there is to create without overthinking. I'm going to talk about the three types of content you can create without overthinking. And the first one, and is it, it is like the easiest one and it's something that I enjoy doing. And it's something that Gary Vee loves to preach about everywhere. 
that is the documentation style of content creation. Just documenting your processes, what you're doing, blogging about the behind the scenes, how you're setting up your lights, camera, what's going through your mind when you are maybe developing a new recipe in your cooking niche, maybe, or you have started a mini farm in your backyard, what you're learning along the way. For me, example, I'm learning so much about chickens and ducks because I'm having a mini farm at my backyard, though I'm not deep diving into that. But I can create content about any of my passion and interest and you will find an audience for it. I've seen, I followed this a lady who started out with maybe less than 10k followers and she just started a chicken farm in her backyard. And now she has 60k followers from just that and all she talks about is broody chickens and their laying eggs and how to handle a broody chicken. It's amazing. It, it's just like mind-blowing in, in the in the day and age we're living where there's so much of opportunities and it's so like easy to, to just be out there at, in the online space and just share what you love with a very high chance of also making money out of something that you love. And you just need to show up and document those things and be like just have that trust that it will bring you somewhere great and you'll be able to monetize it so literally from passions to profit so another format that i enjoy creating is learning something new and then packaging it for your audience and then sharing it online on social media platforms so if you're someone that you keep on learning new skills and you keep on consuming information, sometimes when you recreate those same content, but in your own way, in your own words, and sometimes people understand things differently, right? So let's say you have learned something from someone who explained it in a certain way, but you can explain the same thing, but in a more visual format, maybe, or in an audio format and you play around with different formats and present that content to your audience who may prefer to consume that same topic, but in your style, in your content format, if that makes sense. So I constantly, let's say, learn about ChatGPT from someone and they probably do it maybe a bit more boring style, but I create it with more interactive like carousel slides or maybe I put myself in a green screen and point at different things and behind and, you know, just make it more interactive. So I think this kind of format really works when you are constantly learning and you can create how-to videos out of it, like bite-sized uh, version. This is really valuable, especially if you're in the service-based industry and you're in the educational realm, like let's say like me, Instagram coach or you're a TikTok coach or whatever, you're teaching something. And even if you're a product-based business, there's always something to teach about your niche, which is in the educational content and people will love to know about it. And uh, so I think it's very important to keep on learning something new and repackaging it in your own way with your own tweaks to your audience who is probably also interested in the same things that you are learning. Another format of content that you can create is to just share your thoughts and opinion about your niche, maybe industry news, your opinions about something that's trending or some controversial thoughts about something. And I think this kind of content basically allow to build that community, to have the engagement, to have 
to for your audience to jump into conversations with you because they might also agree or disagree with you. So these are three different content types in a broader spectrum and you can definitely look into it and see what you enjoy. So all of the content that we, you know, we're creating serves a different kind of purpose. For example, when you are documenting yourself, you are actually building that trust. You're also building a community that relates to the things that you like. And you're building that trust and authenticity with your audience. And at the same time, you're also building a community. And this also aligns with, you know, building that brand awareness for your business. So all of this content actually aligns with your initial business goal, which is increasing brand awareness. And they're easy to do. Documentation is easy to do. And if you're constantly leveling up and you're learning something new, packaging that to your audience is something that you can also easily do. So or don't overthink your content. Whatever you're doing, just film that and put it out there and get the response from the market. And from there, you will know whether that's working or that's not working. So another important aspect about building a business and some realization you might have is that you might not like every aspect of the business enjoyable. You would find every task in the business enjoyable and that is absolutely normal. So for example, let's say you might enjoy creating graphics for a carousel post on Canva, but you might not like writing for your captions or creating all that written stuff. You might not enjoy that so much. Or you might working with your women-based businesses, but you might not like those admin tasks like writing contracts, sending out invoicing, reviewing contracts ensuring that they are okay they're aligned then all that just that they can be quite mundane and you might not enjoy it and that is also one of the realities of building a business because you realize that i like certain parts of it but i don't like those parts of it and like for example i love creating videos i love creating content but editing this video afterwards is gonna be such a long process and i want to remind women in business is that at the starting point is going to be a one-man show one women show i'd like to add and you will see yourself wearing multiple hats you need to do the editing you need to do the admin work you need to do your invoices you also need to you know create content edit that research about you know the content ideas there's so many different tasks that i feel like often we don't give ourselves enough credit for the different hats that we we have to wear and we have to fully adapt to so many different things and it's so normal that we might not be great at every aspect of the business and that's where delegation comes in where a lot of businesses after like maybe the three-year mark or the five-year mark when they're expanding they'll maybe hire a ba and they might delegate certain tasks to people who are great at what they do and they'll enjoy maybe the admin work and you don't enjoy. So that can come at a later phase, but when you're starting out and your funds and everything is on a tight budget, you have to do it yourself and stick to the process so that you can reach your goals. And inshallah, eventually you can delegate those tasks out to people who can manage them for you and you just need to focus on what you enjoy doing. I think another advice I would have for our sisters who are starting out and exploring that side hustle is don't overthink the process. I think I've mentioned this, but I want to reiterate on it. Just focus on the next 
step in front of you and figure out how you can execute just that next step. You do not need to have all the answers about how you're gonna build from this thing and where is it gonna go, how you're gonna monetize it, what kind of strategies you're gonna use. No, like I give you a simple example. Let's say you're at an online clothing store. Don't think about oh, I'm how I'm gonna make hundred different clothes for my target audience. I don't even know whether they will like it. Just maybe bring in five designer pieces that you designed it and test it out. Get feedback from the market and then iterate it, change it along the way, make it better. And then in the next round, bring in 10 different dresses because you have an idea what the market wants. I have a lot of women on businesses who have clothing business online and they only bring in 10 designs every month or every few months. Or if they're a sustainable business, they only, when there's an order, they will then make it so that it's sustainable. So with that all in mind, I realized that you just have to take tiny steps towards reaching your dreams and goals instead of figuring out on going big straight away. A lot of times I realize people will bring in 100 different clothes and then when it comes to selling to an audience, they realize that that's not what the audience wants, but you already invested so much of money in getting so much of clothes. When you're starting your side hustle, test out your product as like as an MVP, which is a minimal viable product. So a minimal viable product helps you to just like something that's easy to test out. It's a low, it's cost efficient. You don't have to spend so much money to invest on testing out this product, put it out in the market, get feedback straight away and ASAP, and then make the changes along the way. It's very important to test fast, fail fast so that you can reach to your goal even more faster. Also, sisters who are starting out in your side hustle business, it's so important to network and collaborate with other women in the business or like other people in the industry. And I think that helps you to exchange ideas, to bounce off ideas. Also, it creates that support system that you would be surprised how much you would need it. Because think about it, when you're in the corporate world, you have colleagues to bounce up ideas with. They'll sometimes pitch in when you're sick or when you need help with something. There's someone you can ask questions. Also, you have the bosses to maybe support you in whatever role you're playing at. But when you're doing a business, you're often a solopreneur. You're starting out alone and you need that community to help you share that knowledge and I feel like it's so hard to grow alone I feel like I wouldn't have been able to grow so far if I was just alone and if I didn't collaborate with people if I didn't network and be open to seeing what other sisters in business are doing and how they are thriving I've learned so much skills from other women and businesses themselves and I highly encourage for you to do the same and yeah be open to collaborations and see how what you can create together and i feel like you'll you know grow even more faster when you do that i feel like a few ways you can find women in the industry in your niche you can go through like facebook pages there are a lot of there you can even on instagram you can connect with other women in business in your niche reach out to them say hello in the dm i think that's a very nice way to interact i do that often if i see a sister in business and I love what she does. I let her know. We have really deep 
conversations. And a lot of times I made so many great friends out of the women in the business in my similar niche. It has been a great experience. So yeah, go out there, look at online communities out there in your local areas and um, see who you would like to connect with and have all this business talks with because it's very hard to talk about business with someone who's not doing business because only business people will understand the struggles and what you're going through in your entrepreneurial journey. So far, I have worked with so many various women in the industry and like I can share some of the examples of women that have outshined themselves and surprised to me even because I was like, wow, you have a lot of dedication to pull it off. And I had a client that I coached and she was in the um, clothing business and she was specialized in the plus size fashion industry. And she's a mother of two and she's also in the um, oil and gas industry. I forgot what was her role, but she works full time. And in the midst of COVID, she contacted me and asked me to be a photographer to take pictures of her first collection. And we went to Goddess by the Bay to take pictures of her clothing collection. She was the model and she wore all of her 10 different types of clothes. And it was just amazing to see the dedication she had for her dreams. So she told me that I've worked for more than a decade in, in this industry and I thought of doing something of her, of my own and uh, to see where this passion project goes. And she launched it, I think, in the end of 2020. And by 2021, she had like thousands of followers after um, I coached her on how to grow her brand and gain that loyal following. And she was amazed at herself as well. And I really like look up to women like that because I know that especially when you're a mother and you're working full time, carving out that time to do business, it's, it's a lot of work. And I mean, I'm not a mother, I don't have kids and yet I struggle with time. <laughs> so for you, everyone's journey and their pace will definitely be different. So, for example, someone who is not a mother, who is not working full-time, the way she's going to invest her time in the business is going to be different from a mother with two kids and a full-time job. The investment of time will be different. Your pace of growth will be different. But I would say that that shouldn't stop you from growing, showing up online or doing the work that needs to be done. You might be at a slower pace, but show up. Do that work, even if it's 30 minutes a day. You don't have to do two, three hours of work and compare yourself with someone who has much more time in their hands and less responsibilities. Like for me, for example, I don't have kids. I don't work full time. And that's why as I don't have a corporate job that I am responsible to showing up to, right? I only have my business that I'm growing. So I have more time to invest and do the things that I want to do. So one thing is I do not compare your pace and your journey with anyone else. And this woman who has this launched her plus size clothing successfully in Singapore in the midst of COVID should be a reminder to all of us that you can do anything with whatever circumstances you're in as long as you are disciplined and you're willing to do the work and show up every day at least for a little bit you you work on it and yeah that's one of the story that I wanted to share with you guys to inspire you to start if you are still thinking about starting even if it's small just start also you realize that when you're starting out 
that sometimes certain ideas might not be working and instead of like going to that mindset of like, oh, I'm not good enough, maybe business is not for me, learn not to quit the whole business game altogether. Just have that mindset of pivoting. It's always a mindset of this is not working, maybe a different strategy would or maybe a different niche would work or something else, but just pivot. Do not quit because I feel like everyone has something to offer to the world. Your your voice matters, your skill set matters. And if you don't show up and serve your community that might need your skill set to help them with whatever it is, then the world is having less of that goodness that you have to offer. And it's a loss. So think of it that way when you show up. You Your voice matters, you, whatever you have, or whatever you're searching that matters and you should not give up on that pursuit of finding that passion on that purpose for you and i often feel that business for women gives like a deeper sense of their identity that often they lose when they get into different roles in life be it motherhood be it other life events that might take away a lot of their energy i feel not just business in terms of just making money just that Exploring your creative energy is such an important thing so that you keep on exploring different versions of yourself. And business is also like a platform where it focuses on self-growth. It focuses on having a healthy and abundant mindset. It focuses on so many parts of ourselves that often if you're not in the realm, you might not really work on this aspect of it. The perfect playground to become a better version of yourself and to work on all of these, you know, versions so that you show up and do life better. It's not just about business and making money and all that all there is a given, but I love the deeper level of business that makes you, you know, a more much more wholesome person. So I did mention about creating goals and stuff, and I just want to touch these upon that point a bit. And remind you that you will have bigger goals, but write down on what that bigger goal will translate to the smaller day-to-day task. So let's say the big goal is I'm going to create a community. I'm going to have maybe 5,000 followers. But what is my day-to-day task going to look like? Is it going to look like I have to create content to post three times a week so on monday it would be my creating content day and even your creating content day how am i going to break that down am i going to script it on monday film it on tuesday edit it on wednesday so you see when i did that i'm like literally breaking down one whole goal and making it really micro and having that vision on what is my day-to-day task going to be like and if i'm building a community do i reach out with other business women on DM and caring for what they're going through. So that's called net caring with them, right? So maybe I have to spend 30 minutes every day just communicating with women via DMs. And like you'll have this kind of micro task and that will comprise of all your daily tasks, right? And this would result in your bigger goal. If you do this every single day, post your content, show up, add value in one year time, you might be able to reach your 5k goal and have that engagement from the community, that trust. I feel like breaking one big goal into those micro tasks and see what your everyday looks like, that is very important. 
to be realistic about how one you're going to do on your everyday task. And I try not to do like 10 different things in one day. I realize that is not practical. So I usually do like three main, like really important tasks. That is my non-negotiables. I have to get it done by that day and try my best to do them. And then I'll have maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth task is okay if I carry it on to next week. So have like these three main tasks that you have to do it every single day. And obviously weekends can be your off days. Please do have breaks. <laughs> Self-care is also very important. I would also want to add that at the exploration stage, take it as your practice ground. This is where you do not have much following. You do not have much of that engagement going on. And it's just like the best time to make mistakes, to explore all out without thinking about, oh, what would the audience think? What, what would my followers think? Because there might not be as much followers, right? But this is the time where you practice on showcasing your skill set, your documentation process. And let, let's say you are exploring the cooking realm. You can sh showcase your culinary skills on Instagram and write about your process of cooking and the cultural history behind this dish, writing in the caption, the recipes of how you do it. And you can just go on from there and see what does the audience think about this kind of dishes and the history behind. Let's say if you're a Baladeshi, this Baladeshi cuisine that you're creating with a bit of tweak, what are their response? And I feel like there's so much of freedom to creating content at that exploration stage when you don't have that followers. And people often don't think about that. They always think about, oh, where is the audience going to call? Where is my likes? And all the vanity metrics tends to take away from the joy of just creating content because you love what you do and you don't have to worry so much about who will say what. So remember your exploration stage is a very precious stage and you should take it as your playground, your practice ground and just see where your content takes you. The reminder that mindset is everything. And a lot of the times it's very hard to sustain in a business in the long run is because you don't have a healthy and the right mindset. We have a lot of limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are things like thoughts that comes to your head and the doubts that you have about yourself. I'm not good enough. Are there other people that are out there? Why am I so special? Why would anyone listen to what I have to say or what I have to offer? And you have to bust all of this limiting belief one at a time. And you have to be very aware of what kind of thoughts you give attention to and what kind of thoughts you actually listen to and take action upon. Obviously, those thoughts are good thoughts. They're positive thoughts and necessarily taking action upon them. But what do you do with those thoughts that are not that great, uh, that are limiting you from reaching your goals? Practicing a healthy mindset is very important. There are a lot of books and podcasts about that. And I'll definitely get into mindset on another episode but I would like highly give you that advice that be very aware of the state of your mind when doing your business and every thoughts that comes in take a step back reflect is this thought going to help me to reach my goals or is it resisting acting as a resistance towards my goals and success oftentimes the thoughts are not even true a lot of the limiting beliefs that we have of ourselves or the world around us are not true. So it's important to write them down and replace it with a positive thought, a thought that is abundant, a thought that will help you reach closer to your goals and dreams.
Think about a thought like when you think I'm not good enough. Think about all the times that you have succeeded in different realms throughout your childhood and as you grew up. There were things you were good at and you proved yourself that you're amazing at it. And replace that thought that I have what it takes to do the best in this niche and I'll equip myself with whatever needed to succeed in this and I will achieve it, inshallah. So replacing it with a positive thought that is almost like an affirmation will help you to keep going, to keep not give, uh, to not give up in that journey of entrepreneurial marathon because it, it is quite hard. Uh, I'm not gonna give you the fluff of it's, it's all gonna be amazing once you reach. Even when you reach your goal, you're gonna have a bigger goal. We humans never know how to be like, this is it, I've reached all my goals and I'm gonna rest. I feel like the only rest we will have is when we uh, pass away. And that's a good thing. We are really overachievers by default. We want to do great things. We want to leave a legacy. However small or big it is in our world, I like to think that if I can impact or inspire or motivate just one person, that will have a ripple effect, inshallah. If I talk to, let's say, person A, and she takes that skill set, she learns that skill set from me, she gets inspired by me, and she will have everything that she will be equipped to help the other generations or other women around her. And that's a ripple effect. So you never know helping just this one person. Where is that going to take you? Where your help, how far it will reach. So never underestimate what kind of legacy you're leaving behind. Your legacy can just be, even if you, you know, you consume all of this podcast, this whole entrepreneur thing, and maybe you don't really have the time to, to, do, to do full out on it. But your legacy might be being one of the most best mothers to your children and your community and your charity work. And maybe it's not so much on business. You don't have to be in business to leave a legacy. I feel like just being an amazing uh, person with values that you instill on to the community around you itself is an amazing thing. Being an amazing friend, being there when a friend is in need and helping her. And then she has the strength to pass on the baton to someone else in her community, in her group of friends. I think that is the legacy we are leaving behind at the end of the day. The strength we are passing on to each other and with the knowledge that we have when we're sharing it. I think that's like another form of legacy passing down when we leave this world. I remember when I started out, I got into the whole hustle culture thing. And I thought that to be in business, I have to be hustling. So when I did have my corporate job back then, after 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., p.m., I would work till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And I only have like four or five hours of sleep. And, and it was really um, tiring. And I don't think I practice self-care. I didn't really took care of my health or body or rested enough because I was like, no, if I'm going to be in business and I'm working full time, this is what being in business looks like. I'm going to be busy and all of that. I feel like a lot of us have unlearned that. All of us have signed out of that subscription of this is not, I don't want to be in a hustle culture. I want to have a sustainable business and business is just part of the pie, right? It's not my whole life. It's just a part of who I am, what I like to do, but there is also my faith, there is my responsibility toward my family, and all of it is also part of the bigger the bigger worship. 
So I feel like it's important to to not to be very aware of what does a business looks like to you without compromising or sacrificing the other parts of your life because I feel like everything has to be in balance it has to work in harmony you shouldn't be prioritizing something more and then jeopardizing other parts of your life because when the imbalance happen you won't be happy in the long run and ultimately your business will be sustainable and you might just give up altogether so we don't we, we don't want that so i think balance is key and for it to be balanced have a healthy meal have a good amount of rest if you're burnt out take one week off no one's gonna die because you didn't post on social media for a, a week i i have that till today i will have that anxiety that oh no i know i'm not doing much am i not in the game anymore and am i losing all my creativity because I'm being a creative writer, what's happening, you know, that that will happen. But you yourself have to coax yourself and mother yourself and calm your inner child down and be like, it's okay. No one's going to forget you because you're not posting. You're not losing out much because you need a break. Please. And remember this throughout your business, you know, give yourself that break whenever you need it. I can't emphasize this enough. It's very important. So know that building this, a thriving business is not an overnight thing. You have to work on it for a long run before you see something out of it and making it into a profitable venture. And it's so important to enjoy the process as much as you can and being consistent and persistent in it. And I hope you found this first episode valuable and I'm so happy if you have stuck around and listened till to the end. So I shall catch you in the next episode. Till then, keep dreaming big and building with joy.